Well, Hillary, are you ready? I was born ready. Of course you were. But we do have another fabulous episode. Episode 23. I know. One of Napa Valley's favorite winemakers, Thomas Rivers Brown. And some incredible wine that he brought along with him. He dug deep into his cellar. And one of the huge selling points, which I didn't know, but was the amazing wine we drank on this podcast. You know? You should have told me this earlier. When you tried to pitch me this idea like two years ago. I, you know, next time I try to sell you on a project, I'll be sure to put in these specific bullet points of hanging out with really cool winemakers and drinking their incredible wine. I just kind of assumed that was a given, but I know better when I present that initial contract, I will put more detail. Thanks, y'all. That really, really <laughs> nails it down. So we have a great episode today. Lots of talk about a rave on Highway 29, some shirtless interns... And some wild confetti. Of course, Hillary would turn to the confetti. I'm sure it was pink. (sighs) Unknown, so the listeners can use their imagination. Well, everybody, enjoy Thomas Rivers Brown. Some awesome conversations, some great wine. We wish you could have tasted, but um, take our word for it. It was amazing. Bye. See ya. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We have another fabulous episode about to come your way. Thank you, Hill. I'm pretty excited. Um, we have Thomas Rivers Brown on, on today. We do. And he is a really extremely well-known winemaker in the Valley. Um, and why don't you go down some of the list of things that you stalked him awkwardly on <laughs> social media and the internet with? I, I will. Um, so he reigns from South Carolina. Um, he came here and his first job here was at Turley, which um, we both know the family. Absolutely. They're wonderful. Shout out to Turley. We want you on the podcast as well. Yeah. All the girls. <laughs> so um, we were just chatting, you know, one of the coolest things is he has 40 different clients, manages 120 different ranches, which is pretty spectacular considering how small of a valley this is. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's about half the valley. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Approximately. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast, Thomas. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, what uh, police log are we reading today? So we are going to do July 2021, and then we also have a special treat um, of July 1999, um, which will kind of tie in with everything in this episode. So, Thomas, why did we pick July of 99? So 99 was when I sort of discovered the police log at uh, Turley Wine Cellars. One of the highlights of the off-season was the St. Lena Star and the reading aloud of the police blotter every week. And the shocking revelation that all of it was true. It was just incredibly well-written. And this was right after I'd moved to the Valley, and um, I discovered The Onion when I was living in Oakland, Berkeley, which is a great satirical paper out of Madison. And, and the police blotter reads like The Onion. It's real. It happened to people. But it is so creatively done and so funny, and the timing is so beautiful that reading through this thing is uh, everything you love about small-town Americana written through the, yeah, like the lens of someone who's like a comedic genius, whose what, name I still don't know. Do you know that comedic genius? We know him. So I, it's I, Jesse Doherty. Mm-hmm. He's really? the guy that actually so pisses I, me I had no idea. Yeah. And how long has he been putting it together? We don't know that answer. A long time. But we just okay. learned, and we also learned that he knows all the names. He does. He gets, sure. he gets the unedited, like, every name, the people's names, all of it in it, and then has to make it more socially appropriate. So if you want to get the real scoop on Napa or St. Alina, talk to Jesse. Well, Thank it, you, Jesse. It sounds like we either need to be better friends with them or hold them hostage. <laughs> one, one or the other. <laughs> So how do you feel about the police log when you first got here? What was the 
So I, I again, I just couldn't believe that all this stuff was true in a town of like seven or eight thousand people. Um, and and again, the, the way it was written was just so amazing. And, and I think Hillary, you're the one that pulled up ninety nine because, like I said, this mm-hmm. is when I discovered it, and this is when I kind of fell in love with it. And like I said, this this, this became the weekly ritual of grabbing the paper at Turley and reading this aloud in the within the one office. Turley was tiny then; it was just me and a few other guys. And um, this is what we did to distract ourselves in the off season. I love it. I love yeah. It. So did you find that that was your first job in Napa when you moved here with Trilly? Or- so I worked, I had about eight or nine part-time jobs to start, um, which is pretty typical. So I was working at All Seasons Wine Shop, which is kind of a legendary place in Calistoga back in the day. It's, it's recently shuttered, unfortunately, but it's where a lot of people congregated, drank wine, mm-hmm. ate great food, and, and it was a very international wine shop. Cool. So there's a lot of cool stuff to discover there. It's where I met first mayor in Jordan, who's the winemaker at Turley, who hired me, he and Larry. Um, and just a great meeting spot and that's sort of the cyclone that sort of cool. kicked me off and got me to Turley and, and, and created my love of the police blotter. Nice. So before we get into the police blotter, I really want to know what a harvest at Turley in the late nineties, early two thousands was like. It was, it was like five or six dudes all in their 30, um, who all believed they were fitter than each, the next person. So, um, it's warm. Northern Santa Lina is warm. That's why I will say that as a way of excuse. Um, so harvest would start and, uh, someone would always be the first person to take their shirt off. Um, it sounds like this was a hundred years ago and it was only like 25 years ago. And then it would be, uh, five or six, sub uh, 30 dudes working harvest with their shirt off. Um, it was a lot of testosterone. We're going to be driving down Highway 29 now and see Chris in Rutherford with his shirt off, like trying to get the same. Going to give it a shot. <laughs> well, Hillary did volunteer that we should bring it back and then turn it into a tourist thing. Yeah, so. a bachelorette party experience. I mean, Nashville, Charleston, Austin, all those big cities, you know, have like the pedal bikes, things like that. We're going to have shirtless interns. Could it be the thunder down under of Napa Valley? <laughs> and you, every place you get a free tasting as part of your ticket. Sounds like a great deal for whoever's going. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to be selective about the interns. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you pay like an entrance fee. You okay. get like a okay. wristband to start. You know, there's a lot of kinks we got to work out, liabilities, you know. But we'll get there. I think like HR it. issues are the biggest <laughs> issues by far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're definitely yeah. have to hire an HR person, not get an intern. Like that one we'll have to pay for. <laughs> um, does anyone have a good log to start us off? Well, I, I don't know, you know, we're, we're looking, or I'm at least looking at across the spectrum of probably, what, 22 years, 23 years, and I don't know if Jesse wrote both of these, because the style is remarkably the same. Mm-hmm. I just remember the older ones, which I'm looking at one from 99, June of 99, is so dry. The humor is mm-hmm. so dry. Like, if you were a tourist and you picked up the St. Helena Star and read this police log, you'd be like, what is going on here? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, we got elderly male is eastbound on Pope near Signorelli in a motorized wheelchair, which appears to be malfunctioning. I mean, where were the people who, I mean, it couldn't be going very fast. So where were the people who should be handling this guy? Well, and how was it malfunctioning? Like, it doesn't just go front and back? I would imagine it had the yips or something. I can't imagine what else this would be. Back up, Terry. Back up. Yeah. And this is um, pre-OSHA, so probably no backup. Siren or anything like yeah. that. And then we got juveniles dragging car- garbage can behind car and speeding on Madrona. Officer does not locate. How, how did they not find these kids? I mean, they were, must have been making an incredible racket. For sure. Here's a very Napa Valley thing. This was uh, Friday, July 23rd. 
Report of three drunk people half naked outside a Main Street store. Police detained a 28-year-old Napa resident on suspicion of public intoxication. <laughs> I think that second part was a given. <laughs> the, the, the kind of disconnects are great, too. Citizen on Kearney reports seeing several subjects behind a local church. That, that, seems, that makes sense to me. This is 331 in the afternoon. Okay. Officer locates a garbage truck at local gas station. That's the same law. I mean, those two things have nothing to do with each other. What about at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday? A caller reported there was an intoxicated woman inside the caller's vehicle on Main Street. So we assume she he get doesn't know this female. Like, <laughs> like she just climbed on in, thought she'd hang out for a bit. Well, I mean, we all know no one locks their cars or houses. That's what I so, mean. So, I mean, like, she maybe just thought it was a nice cushioned seat. <laughs> nice place to stop. And I like that he didn't go and confront her. He just called and said, there's someone chilling. Well, she was probably looking for this limousine on the 26th of July, Monday, 10.50 in the morning. A limousine struck another car's mirror on Money Way. The other car wasn't damaged, but the limousine's mirror folded back. The driver of the other car tried to stop the limo, but it ran a stop sign and sped away. I have a theory on this. <laughs> I feel like there was some scandal going on in that limousine. Either like a very famous person or people like an affair, like they weren't supposed to be together. That limo driver was paid to speed away. Guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like I think there was someone in there that we are not supposed to know about. No, well, they made it. Well, I love, I love that is one of the most Napa Valley <laughs> entries we've seen. And then and we talk about how safe this place is and how, you know, you. I bought a house in 01 in Cal Soda. I, I don't have a key to it. I'm sure they gave me a key at some point because they probably had to, but I have no idea where it is. It's been 20 years. So people are like, oh, this is a small town, safe and fun. But then if you thought that, the nefarious side would be woman brings in a rifle to the police department. It is placed in armory. Wow. So the San Lane Police Department has an armory. I didn't even know the cops in San Lane carried guns. So. <laughs> Just the dogs. And then, and, red, and then the next day, resident reports explosive placed in his mailbox. Wow. No confirmation of whether it exploded or whether it was actually an explosive, but... 99? In a mailbox in St. Louis. People were losing their minds at 99, apparently. I have one in here somewhere about ammunition. Um, I'll find it, but it's like someone brings ammunition to the police station to like turn it in. Which, I mean, I guess like you can bring like your narcotics, but that's what I was thinking. Like I feel like so many of our people here, like they would have happily taken that ammunition. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people you can give ammunition to here too. Yeah. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> to, to keep with the police thing going, the police here, this gives you an idea how cool they are. Possible drunk driver spotted on Main Street, driver has now gone back to local bar. So, <laughs> that's cool, just don't be in the car, don't be driving, back to the bar and you're fine. I had a feeling we would probably know who that was if the name was here. <laughs> Speaking of um, speaking of drinking, um, thank you for bringing the wine tonight. Um, what can you run us through what we're drinking? Yes. So in honor of my discovery of the Please Blotter in '99, we're doing '99 Height uh, Cellars Martha's um, in Oakville, and then we're doing a, a special bottling of Mandavi, the '99 Mar- Marjorie Sunrise, which was a. Uh, there's actually three blocks that are called Marjorie's and Madavi's part of Toquan. I'm not sure which one this is exactly. There's East West and there's Twilight now, but this is a uh, one of the southwestern blocks of, of Toquan. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty close, kind of to the Yountville line, sort of south of Oakville Grade. Nice. But two really killer Oakville wines, very different in style. 
the parts Heights Martha's to me tastes like it's got 20, 30 years ahead of it. This is awesome. And the Madavi might be cracking a bit. It feels like it's sort of that peak maturity right now. Yeah, just a little less fruit on that, but um, but man, this uh, this Heights is phenomenal. I mean, and even look at the color difference. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That Heights is super dense. Mm-hmm. It's got that quintessential Mar- Martha's eucalyptus quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can smell it, taste it, everything. But just an incredible example of that Western bench of Oakville. Nice. And then the Marjorie Sunrise is just such a cool label, too. That's what stands out to me on this. Uh, I mean, it's just awesome. We'll post um, a picture on our Instagram. We will we'll post it. Check it out in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, iconic. Both of these, absolutely iconic. Um, and you've made a lot a lot of wine from Tokelon and, and that area. What is your favorite place to make uh, wine from in, in that Well, so I'm trying to take over that entire western bench at Oakville. Do it. Um, so I make wine from Inbar Ranch um, for Round Pond, mm-hmm. which is a, a famous a wine that or a, a vineyard that Madavi made famous. Um, and did a couple single uh, vineyard bottlings there. Nice. Where is that exactly? So that is in between Vine Hill Ranch and Dominus. Got it. Technically. So sort of the southern edge of Oakville. Mm-hmm. But again, on that western bench. And I'm also now helping Farniente with the Stelling Vineyard in particular, which cool. is rung by Toklon. So nice. another just awesome spot. And then I've worked with Andy Bexhoffer's Toklon now since mm-hmm. 2000 with the Schrader label. Yeah. So, so Schrader was really one of the ones that you got on the map well i guess they've been saying, doing this for a while your but really i mean you got it was uh say in 2007 uh two 100 point scores from wine spectator on the schrader right on the schrader yeah, yeah. and then the same two scores got 100 point scores from parker that same year we got hundreds in six eight wow. um 12 13 15 16 18 Dang, that's it's incredible been, it's been a wild ride that that label has done really really well yeah. Um, and it's a combination of all the effort we put towards it and Fred Schrader knowing that this is where he wanted to be and meant to Andy Bexhoffer and said, I got to have some fruit. doesn't matter what the price is, which is a really dangerous thing to say to Andy Bexhoffer. <laughs> Might be where the current pricing structure originated, that one conversation. Um, and then picked up Maybach and Outpost and all these other brands that are doing really, really well. Nice. And have jumped in with some bigger guys, helping the Delicato family. Um, helping uh, Madavi Constellation and all this other kind of yeah. stuff. So it's fun. It's been a great evolution. It's only been, you know, 20 serious years, but it's been a great 20 years. Wow. That's cool. So obviously I gave you trade secrets away here, but what is, in your theory, the the, the, the way to make these incredible wines that um, that go over so well, not just with the consumers, but with the, the critics and everyone out there? So we make, it's a really boring story. We make so many different wines mm-hmm. that if they all tasted the same and you decided, I like the wines Thomas makes, you'd buy one case of one wine and be like, that box is checked for the year. Mm-hmm. So for us, less is a lot more. Um, just like you guys, Chris, and your family, we spend more attention to detail in the vineyard than we do in the cellar. I mean, the cellar kind of takes care of itself. It's clean, we're watching. But less is definitely more there. And there's always, you're, you're trying to intervene in the cellar, there's an intended consequence, but there's always a ton of unintended consequence. So for us, it's as natural as possible. Sometimes you explain that to a client and they wonder what they're paying you for, but the results kind of speak for themselves. And, and because of that non-intervention in style, there's a great sight signature in all the wines, mm-hmm. and that's what differentiates them from each other. Cool, very cool. Do you think you picked that up from Turley? Because that's kind of how Larry's theory is, work hard in the vineyard. And- Oh, absolutely. I think it's called the French Intensive. And when I was at Turley, we spent the spring and summer um, in the vineyards. We spent the fall and winter in the Mm -hmm. cellar. And so that was it. There was a bunch of vineyards that one vineyard around the estate. Y'all know where that is, kind of northern St. Helena. I sprayed that vineyard every time. And we hand-hoed it and pruned it and suckered it. It was a crew of like three of us, and that's what we did. Nice. Um, So really fun. Taught me a ton about where the quality comes from. And we've definitely sort of run with that on our side. 
And again, in the cellar, there's just not that much to do. It's a patient process. Mm-hmm. Wine ma- the word winemaking implies action, but I think that's a mistake. So you just kind of get great grapes, great sites, farm well, and let the wines find their own center. Beautifully said. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I haven't had actually any of your wine yet, but um, but I look forward to it. To try some. So there's a lot of it. There's a lot outside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you have, yeah. and you just don't even realize. Probably have. It. Probably have. Like, what is yeah. this? Absolutely. Well, speaking of drinking, but not wine, a driver holding an open can of Crown Royale almost hit another car near Railroad Adams. Please check the area. Does Crown Royale really come in a can? Is that how's that? Is that spelled with an E or not? <laughs> Crown Royal, I only know it for glass and the bag. Everyone's yeah. very excited about the bag. Maybe it's like crown with a K. No, it's with a C. No. Yeah, I okay. think uh, that, yeah, some bad information. <laughs> I was going to say, they serve it in cans now. This is like, or it's like the new wine spritzer. Perhaps we re- can. Yeah. Can. It's <laughs> Crown Royale, um, uh, fizzy, what do they call those? Spritzer. Oh, seltzer. Seltzer, yeah. Yeah, seltzer. Here's something that would make Hillary extremely happy if this happened to her. Tuesday, July 27th at... 2314 at night, a Spring Mountain Road man said he was woken up when confetti started popping off in front of his house, which made his dog start barking. He then said he'd seen juveniles in the area. That would, like, make my month. For sure. If I woke up and all my friends were outside popping confetti, like, you saw me on and my birthday month with the sparklers. I, you don't know this, but I was, I celebrated my birthday a little longer than the average person. Not and, the average girl. Not, <laughs> yeah. You know. And I, I followed your birthday on Instagram, so I'm very familiar with the festival. It was a little aggressive, yeah. but everywhere we went, they just kept greeting me with these sparklers, and so that's what it reminds me of. But um, I have a one of those, too. I just need to find it. Here we go. This was at 6 p.m. Someone left confetti in the driveway of a Spring Mountain Road home around 1 or 2 in the morning. Around six high school-aged juveniles with bikes and skateboards were all seen in the area around 11 p.m. It's like cause and effect. I mean, I see some some shenanigans. I'm assuming juveniles were in the area like an hour before. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, oh, this is a great one. A caller reported being separated by her friend during the bike parade. The friend showed up at her home a few minutes later. How in the house, Elena? Well, also, the, the poor cops here, a woman asked police to check on her friend who was feeling sick while visiting St. Helena. Police contacted the man and advised him to call his friend. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're, so, they're closing the circle just kind of constantly. A person asked for an officer's advice on child pet sitting, in quotes. I don't know if that means a child's pet sitting or... A, I don't know. I don't even quite get I what that means. I wonder if they're but. trying to ask, like... Can my child pet sit for yeah. someone? Is that how, illegal? How old should they be and what the responsibilities are? I feel like you look at the child and you're like, can you keep the fish alive or not? I don't think we've codified that into a law yet, so yeah. I think we're good. Well, it's like, um, I know I'm speaking to two folks that aren't quite there yet. People are like, you know, you got a kids. I understand what that's like. I've got a dog. It's kind of the same thing. If you're going to ask your child to pet sit, kids and dogs are very different things. Yeah, I think yes. that's sort of proof. Yeah. I, I would, yeah, I lean, I left my dog outside all night. I don't plan on doing that with the child. No, no, no. Not, <laughs> unless, not unless it's chained to somebody. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> unless you're this lady. On uh, 1227, a woman on Stockton Street was reportedly confused about where she'd left her car. An officer helped her find it. Good job. Well, this person did not do so good with the pet sitting. They hired the wrong child. 
A caller said, this is 7 in the morning, too. A caller said her deceased chicken was on a vacant property. <laughs> Police advised her not to enter the property unless the owner's there or to leave the note. Oh, my God. That's bad. Do you, yeah. do you think the vacant property was poisoned? I have no idea. I mean, it's a chicken. It's, it's eating all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, man, who knows? It's, yeah. That's, yeah, I don't know. This poor chicken. But again, I, I what again what what amazes me too is what the police deal with here. A man asked to talk to an officer because his internet accounts might might have been hacked. <laughs> What's I mean? <laughs> what are they going to do? God about bless. It? I mean, you're a public servant, but like, <laughs> well, San Leandro may need to open up the cyber wing of the San Leandro Police Department. Yeah, so. that that is not the cyber strength is mm-hmm. not a, a strength of the valley. Mm-hmm. That is for sure the case. So how is how's everything up at Mendingwall? So you're a that's where you make all your wine. Your partner up there. Yeah. Right? So partner there. Um, make a bunch of projects there. Make a bunch of projects at Outpost, which mm-hmm. is on How Mountain. Um, Tambor Bay, which is in Calistoga. Yep. Rivers Marie has its own winery, which opened in Calistoga last year. It opened. It closed. It almost burnt down. It closed again, and now it's open. And we hope that it stays that way. Yeah. So I think we're there. Um, and then I'm, I sort of pop through Ravana, Round Pond, Mandavi as well. But the, the, the core of those 40 brands you mentioned earlier are, yeah. are all housed at, are almost all housed at Outpost, Mendingwall, and Tambor Bay. Yeah. So those are three wineries that I helped build, um, and we built them purposely for extra space. It was mm-hmm. like, we can build Outpost for $3 million, or we can build Outpost plus Custom Crush for 3 and a half, and realize it's really cool economies of scale, yeah. and have these folks basically pay the note on it. Yeah. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a cool concept, and if you're a Custom Crush client, let's say, and you come to us, you can kind of treat the winery like it's yours. So you're not like sequestered and logging in and all this other stuff. Everything's safe, but you can treat it like an estate winery if you want. Like in Mendingwall, you mentioned like Jimstone's able to do some tastings there. Plato Walker does their owners to do some tastings there. You have a beautiful Um, tasting room. Yeah. So Carmen Policy, Caspiana, he does tastings there because he's a client. So it's kind of a full package. Cool. And it's got to be the future of Custom Crush, I think. So, yeah. no, it makes so much sense. Like you said, economy of scale, and we're not building wineries all over Napa that, you know, we don't need and we can combine. Yeah, it's yeah. there one day when we release our 911 wine. 911 wine. We've got a lot of alumni of the podcast to help you make that one. We do. We do. We're going to need all the help we can get if I'm involved. We have connections. I'll show up with like my IV drugs and be like, we'll just squirt a little of this in there. It'll be great. That would be for the staff. Like, I know how this organic can work, so I'm sure it's the same way. So how's Rivers Marie work? So that's your own brand, right? Yep. So that's my own brand. It started in 02. It was dinky for a long time. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of off people's radar. Because mm-hmm. it's been around 20 years. It focused on Cinemico's Pinot, Chard, and now Napa Cab. And yeah. we've grown it slowly. And now it's sort of exploded. And um, it's going really well. And it's nice to have a home now and a place to see people. Because mm-hmm. this was like a 17-year-old brand with no hospitality. So that sort of artificially capped what we could do. Yep. So really cool just to bring people in, faces I've, and names I've seen for so many years and never been able to taste with. Yep. So it's kind of cool bringing people in and cracking bottles and meeting people. That's awesome. Yeah. And that it's all at the, it's in Calistoga, just before you get onto uh, Foothill Boulevard on 29. Yeah, so we, we built the winery and it was already too small to house everything we made. Wow. So there's some overage at Tambor Bay and Manual. Cool. So I have access to all those places too. So we just kind of make it wherever it makes sense and wherever it fits. Um, it's just a blast. All these people who work for me and run these wineries, they've been with me for a long time. And most of them started as interns and worked their way up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, one's a chef, one was a restaurant manager, one was almost a golf pro, one did this, one did that. So it's a lot of fun folks that don't necessarily have a bunch of degrees in wine, 
but just discovered wine as a passion and mm. worked their way towards the industry. So cool. Yeah. Kind of like that better. The team aspect. Well, the team and like that when you bring in these other life experiences, I feel like it always more rounds out and makes what you're doing because you're actually passionate about it and not just because I went to school for this and I'm good at it. I feel like that leads to a lot of kind of nine to fiveism. <laughs> these folks, I mean, it can be boring if you don't care about wine. You go home, you talk about wine, you drink wine, you crack bottles, you read about wine, you watch shows about wine. It can be a little one-dimensional to a certain extent, but it does lead you down the path of being really good at what you do. And that's probably the common thread amongst everyone who kind of works in the, in the family. Yeah. Nice. We all had Andy and Scott on. You mm-hmm. can tell. I mean, yeah. those two are super fun, super smart, mm-hmm. and really passionate, passionate about, about what it. they're doing. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool. Local people are doing stuff with local local grapes, local wineries, and, um, you know, the small, small batch stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, and they were the, Annie was the first one who um, introduced me to Rivers Brie with a bottle of your Pinot, and it was just so cool. And she's like, yeah, this is my boss. And it, was, it was really neat. You know, it's fun yeah. to just learn all that different stuff about different people in the valley. So, yeah, outstanding. But it always comes back to drinking too much sometimes. Well, it's here at Hill. The woman said her boyfriend borrowed her car to drive to work. B had been off drinking and didn't come home on time. She asked help getting her car back. She didn't want her boyfriend back. She just wanted the car back. <laughs> well, there's priorities. <laughs> Sounds like she's got some stuff figured out. <laughs> this seems like a, a woman who's ready to be married. <laughs> uh, speaking of drinking, uh, Sunday, August 1st, a man called 911 and said, Send officers! Send officers! And then hung up. Officers contacted the man who was intoxicated and denied calling 911. <laughs> Yeah, what is Star 69? Like, oh, <laughs> Star 67. Star 67. Obviously, never heard of that. Yeah. Report of suspicious woman with a laptop and food on top of a recycling bin at a Main Street property. It's probably you working on 911. It's <laughs> probably me sitting out there. I probably picked up some lunch from the station. Well, see, I saw that too. And since we're not allowed to go back in offices, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. It seems very COVID safe. We've been weird in 2019, but totally acceptable in 2020. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things that would be weird in 2019. That we do now. That we do it's now. Completely yeah. socially acceptable. Y- y'all might have a better guess on this, but a man asked police to check on his adult son, who reportedly lives in a yellow, large yellow school bus with five dogs. Is that mobile, or do you think that's parked somewhere around town? Wait, is, he has five dogs. That's Hillary's dream. <laughs> yeah. But he has I, five I'd rather dogs. not be mobile. I'd rather it be like a farm. Like this feels like it's probably off wheels and more on blocks. That's what that's. I appreciate like where he's me. going with this vision and the stream. I just, I, I don't. If that was you, you'd be Miss Frizzle. Hundred <laughs> percent. Exploring the body through the through the, the arteries and veins. And, and his dad obviously cares. That's good. That's nice. Speaking of vehicles in weird places, so this is a funny story, right? And I have a little background on this. That's one. a great transition, by the way. Yeah. I just have to take a moment. Those don't always work out. I know. Well. I know. It was really great. Uh, August second at seventeen hundred five o'clock in the afternoon, multiple callers reported a Prius parked in the center turn lane of Highway Twenty Nine. At Zinfandel Lane, and this I have uh, more information about this. Uh, it was out in front of Del Dado uh, Winery. A person was reportedly dancing around the car, blasting music. So I got uh, one of our firefighters, John Adamson, was driving home from a fire call and saw this Prius parked there. And he said the guy was out. He had the music cranked up, playing some Avicii, and was just dancing around, waving his hands like he was at a rave. So, question: If he had been on the side of the road, would that have would been that legal? Be I don't know. So, John, he's not driving. Helped with some traffic control. Helped to um, ascertain the situation. The police came, and uh, I don't know whatever happened to Prius guy. 
Um, but hopefully, I don't think he drove his Prius home that night. What was the What was the timestamp on that? Five o'clock p.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, that's not alcohol. <laughs> no, yeah. that's my guess. Hopefully, he shared whatever he had with with someone because it sounds sounds pretty interesting. I appreciate that he stopped driving when he knew he wasn't <laughs> in a place to do that anymore. Center lane. Well, sometimes you let people go too far and things just get a little louder. Um, you got 752 reported a, a noisy neighborhood neighbor playing bocce on Tainter Street. I don't know if that means there's a court there. I think that means they were playing on the street. Obviously, it was unchecked because at 839, the noisy bocce game was said to be getting louder. Oh, dear. And I assume that was the same citizen who called that in. Most most likely. I think they were just upset they didn't get invited to play bocce. Yeah, I mean, in, in ni- this is this is a theme because in 99, we had um, verbal fight occurring on Monte Vista. Officers contact involved subjects. Here's the key. Issue is resolved, is settled for now. Oh. Next day, next morning, Monte Vista resident reports her downstairs neighbors are at it again. Verbal dispute only. They will keep it down. And then it disappears. So they must have kept it down. They must have taken care of things. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the rude interruption. Usually that's Hillary's job, but I am the one today. Thank you for taking one for the team. I appreciate that. So what is it you have to tell everyone, Hill? We have a special treat again. um, for We have teamed up with Legit Provisions, and um, they would like to offer you a free drink to all our listeners. All you have to do is use the magic word. Which is fermentation. Perfect. And this is going to be valid for the end of, no- end of October and all through November. So if you can, say fermentation. Go get yourself some barbecue at Legit Provisions. And if you drink, don't end up on the police log. All right. Back to the episode. Citizen reports straw hat left in Lyman Park last night. <laughs> Must have been a good hat. <laughs> Can't let that go. I mean, you see a hat that's inspiring. You're like, I got to call this in because someone's, <laughs> someone's missing this big time right now. Um, what about at 11.53 at night on a Saturday? Report of a husband and wife trapped inside an apartment on McCorkle Avenue. <laughs> Wait. They could so, Say that one more time. <laughs> Sorry. 11.53 at night on a Saturday. Report of a husband and wife trapped inside an apartment <laughs> on the Corkle Avenue. <laughs> so it locked from the outside, apparently. Hopefully, had some good wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they ran out. That's why they had to leave. That's true. Um, I had trouble uh, kind of understanding that at first, but then I finally got it. This one I'm still puzzling over. Report of a reckless driver in a tow truck towing two vehicles on Pope Street. Two vehicles happen, and they're reckless, and they're in a tow truck, <laughs> towing what was probably what at some time were reckless vehicles. So I, I don't get that. They needed more business. Yeah, I mean the guy obviously uh, is very efficient. Oh god, there's a lot of locking in. A Hunt is- Avenue resident locked herself outside the home and needed help getting in. Police referred her to a locksmith. As you, do. <laughs> yeah. As you do. Genius. Um, a specialized bike was reported missing. It might have been left at Miley Park at least three weeks ago. <laughs> so why is it now just missing? And it might have been left there. Yeah. Oh, my God. A lot of patience, though. I mean, here it's um, 8.59 p.m. A man in a truck had been playing loud music on Railroad Avenue since 3 p.m. 
the guy was was at it for six hours with loud music. I don't know how the guy in the truck stood it for six hours. <laughs> That's a commitment. And railroads are like right here. He should, I'm surprised you could stand it for well, six hours. He needs to link up with the Prius driver and <laughs> yeah. you have a little rave. <laughs> Um, a Meadow, Meadow Creek Circle resident said a fox had been getting into her yard and eating the bird seed out of her bird feeder. She's seen it twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any issues with animals at Outpost? Up there oh, yeah. yeah. We've seen bears come over fences and mall fences, to mostly to attack the orchard. There's wow. a fruit orchard there between the Outpost property and Mike Dunn's property up there. Uh-huh. And it's usually mauled fence and mauled apples pears kind of whatever it's crazy and no one and to my knowledge we've seen the bear maybe once it's really rare that you see a bear up there huh. but there's all kinds of stuff roaming up there well i remember chapelet had a bear up there did you hear this story yeah and the bear would come in and they would eat and they had pictures of it and just eat cabernet it was a very well-fed yeah, cabernet very, fancy bear. diet yeah. yeah i'd much rather i'm attack an apple tree than yeah the cabernet <laughs> and alpas <laughs> How did everything fare up there during the uh, fire last year? It was super spooky. Mm-hmm. I think I blocked a lot of it out. Yeah. Um, the fire, the Cal Fire guys and, and guys from all over the place, I think it was, it was mostly a Paso Robles crew. It's like stationed up there, which was great. So they parked a couple trucks up there, spent the night up there and just watched. Yeah. Dropped down the hill, cut fire lines, and saved property. Like we didn't lose any property. We obviously lost the vintage, yeah. but no property. Um, we came through after though and just clean the property up to say the least yeah. just to mitigate fire danger it's, it's a little spooky up there anyone's a little spooky right now it still is yeah no 100 yeah um, wow. i think we'll get... it almost became more scary when they took down all the trees like all the ones that have burned when they cut them all down i feel like that yeah. was like oh it's still going up, it's valley, up, up valley is crazy i still can't get used to like driving north on the trail and seeing rombauer on the left and mm-hmm. that scalped hillside you look to the right, and there's trees, but they're all dead. Yeah. I mean, there's not there's nothing left to burn. That's the heartening part. But the Up Valley landscape is completely rearranged. It's, it's yeah. incredible it's to wild. see it. And it's only going to get worse as these trees fall or cut down. And it's really sad because that's, a, I mean, those are 100-year-old trees. Yeah. We're not going to see that back to normal in our lifetime. We will not. No. no. Really sad, I, I so. don't want to live that long. No. I mean, I, I, I this person I obviously maybe was affected by the fires. I'm not sure because... Or maybe this is how the this might have been inferred instead of implied, but someone was heard screaming in fear on Hollis Lane. Whoa! And that's it. That's it. <laughs> but the subjectivity of that, like, if I were to scream and you'd be like, Thomas was startled, or <laughs> Thomas was fearful, like that could be a really fine line. Yeah. And screaming in fear. In fear. in fear, blood curdling. Yes. But I, there's no follow-up to that, which makes me even more nervous. Yeah, I know. But we didn't get a murder this month, so... <laughs> Not this month. <laughs> Not this month. Maybe next. <laughs> there was, there was a... This is, we took a little dark turn there. There was a, <laughs> like a murder in Calistoga several years ago. I don't yeah. even want to put a time on it. And my son, who was like seven or eight at the time, was like, Dad, what's going on? Like, he's kind of saying, you know, should I be nervous? I was like, you know, I don't know. If someone gets killed here like once a year, it's probably a stupid thing to say. <laughs> and so I'm like, let me look at it. It was a murder like in Calistoga, and the previous murder was 40 years ago. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, yeah. that, that was a little reassuring so for you everyone. you live in a rough area. Part of that story. Oh, my God. And I think that 40-year-old one was even like a, someone was euthanized because they were in a lot of pain or something. <laughs> and so I didn't share that with my son because that would have been more traumatizing. <laughs> Wow, lucky. Yes, jeez. Lucky. How, how, how do you like living in Calistoga? 
Cool um, I love cool. it. I mean, I, I grew up in South Carolina. Like the small town thing is a big deal for me, yeah. and um, feeling safe and secure, and not having to lock the house, and not having to lock the car, and you know, occasionally someone's car gets. I, I people keep talking about car break-ins. Mm-hmm. Someone opens the door and goes through stuff. No one's breaking into. Someone's anything. like shattering the back. Yeah. No, and everyone knows everybody. Like I, I was telling you earlier, Oscar goes to the grocery store. I get a text. He's buying a candy bar. Someone saw Oscar out to dinner. Someone Oscar saw Oscar loan his bike to a girl, and he's running behind the bike following her. I mean, like <laughs> these are all great things. I mean, he's thirteen, and I feel perfectly safe with yeah. him out roaming and. It's just the greatest thing. He and his friends are like, they have a, a restaurant, the one, that new brewery near Calmart. They yeah. go there every Thursday night and have dinner together. Cool. He's 13. Oh. It's awesome. That's so cool. And the owner knows them, and the owner makes hot sauce, and these kids are like fasting the hot sauce, so they eat this yeah. 2 million Scoville hot sauce, and the owner gives them free wings for trying the hot sauce. It's just the coolest thing. I'm just excited there's a new brewery in Calistoga. There's, there's bingo in Calistoga there's on Monday nights. There's bingo. Calistoga's changed, it's man. It's such a cool place. It's like falling apart. All this change <laughs> yeah. that everyone's lamenting up there and how different it all is. Sure. The population hasn't changed in 60 years. I mean, yeah, the Four Seasons is going to open. Some other stuff's going to open. But it's still the same fun, yeah. cool, funky town. Well, well I think it's the coolest thing about Calistoga is when they do the community dinner and they close Foothill and they... Oh, the long table down mm-hmm. the main street there. Um, well, in Four Seasons, um, our previous book, Brooke, has a job mm-hmm. up there. And she speaks really highly that, you know, they're trying to kind of embrace the community and not, like, come in and be like, you know, change everything. They really mm-hmm. want to do quintessential Napa things right. and really include everyone, which I think for a big resort like that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, what, what do you know about the new? Yeah. So I built the winery there. Mm-hmm. So there's it's there's a winery in the basement of the Four Seasons called Elusa, cool. and uh, it's to my knowledge in the United States anyway, it's the only high end resort that has a winery connected to it. Yeah. So they're very distinct businesses, and they'll stand alone from each other, but they'll benefit from each other, of course. Cool. But also, if you're staying at the Four Seasons, you can like wander into the winery and the crush pad and have the curtain pull back and see all this. The whole thing. And y- y'all are very familiar with wine. So many people are so cowed by process. They are fearful of asking questions for sounding stupid or something. You can wander in there and do anything you want. You can sort. You can watch us do pump overs, press, taste barrel wines, whatever. So it's going to be a great educational tool. Nice. And the focus of the wine program is going to be 100% Calistoga. So we're going to source grapes from the best cabs and SB neighborhoods in Calistoga and really pimp the Salvavia of Calistoga. And to your point, Hillary, you make it more about the community. Yeah, yeah. So cool. You know, just, you know, hearing what she says every day and, you know, what an incredible company is to work for, but yeah. too, just, you know, seeing how they really are trying to embrace all these things and, you know, come up with these ideas with big town events like the tractor parade and things like that um, to just include everyone and That's not good. feel like how some hotels kind of around here, you, you don't you don't really feel, well, I don't want to say welcome. That's mm-hmm. not the right word, but yeah. you... You don't feel as part of it. It's like square peg and round hole. But yeah, what? Because I know there was some controversy at first when they had yes. that the whole thing in the Four Seasons. Everyone was worked up in Calistoga about them changing and building this big thing. But hopefully, I think it'll be in a, integrated, nice, incorporated. Yeah. Um, so are you going to be the winemaker up there too? I will. There's a guy named Jonathan Walden who we hired to be the in-house winemaker. He's going to be great. This young, super charismatic, fun dude with a ton of talent. Um, Luke Magnini, who was at um, Restoration Hardware recently, running the wine program there, is now going to run the winery like front of the house. Yeah. It's just going to be a great experience. And it's nice. I mean, for all the knock of corporate or whatever, this is just going to be a beautiful place. And you have Solage on one side of the trail, mm-hmm. Four Seasons on the other. Um, it's 
can't be called Four Seasons. I can't remember what it's going to be called. Mm -hmm. um, but th that's going to be the corridor, the Silverado Trail corridor in the Calisoga. Pretty Epic. awesome. Epic. Yeah. 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 And the winery's all underground. It's so mostly it's underground. Um, you can't really see it from the red. Hard to see from the red. Cool. Um, but it's going to be fun. Again, a complete standalone experience, but with 200 built-in, yeah. highly vetted guests every day. That's I think awesome. the place is going to do really well. So there's so the model that there's owners that own like a house, and then there's the, the hotel itself. Right? Isn't that like yeah. they have a bunch of houses there as well? Twenty so. single resident okay. uh, homes. Um, so not not partial, not fractional, just uh, single owners. Yeah. Uh, maybe part time owners, but single owner, and then eighty five hotel rooms. I think it's the smallest four seasons in the country by key count. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be super intimate. The restaurant's gonna kick ass. Oh, I can't sure. wait for another great spot to eat in Cal State. Yes. Well, I think it's important to get some hotels up. A valley a little bit because like St. Helena, I mean, our commerce is really struggling here, you know, and I think the Longmeadow Ranch or the Farmstead Hotel will really help with that. Um, yeah. And just getting people to, to come here and stay here and spend money in St. Helena and Calistoga as opposed mm -hmm. to staying in Napa, which is where people have to now because that's the only place you can get, yeah. a, a, get a hotel room or a afford one, be afford it. Um, I don't know about affording anything. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know. If I mean, things are going nuts. Crazy. The other place I love here in St. Helena is Alila. Yeah. Um, they used to be Los Alcalas. Yeah, the yeah. rooms there and the space is gorgeous. It's small, so it's tiny and fun and quiet and overlooks those Behringer vineyards mm -hmm. in the back. So there's a couple of choice spots of Valley, but with the damage to Meadowood and yeah. mm -hmm. Cal Ranch and all that stuff going offline, <laughs> we need some, some new fun stuff up yeah. Valley. So what do you think about Calisoga Ranch? Do you think they'll ever rebuild that after it was burned down? I don't think you could get it. I don't think you could insure it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it would cost you a, a small fortune to rebuild it, and I don't think you could get insurance for it either. So, unfortunately, you know, what, what we never, like, we all went back there, like, let's say five years ago. You didn't ever look at Calistoga Ranch and think, damn, one day this is going to burn down. Mm -hmm. No. You just went back there and thought, wow, this That's is beautiful. beautiful. This is so cool. Yeah. Built in the woods and private and quiet and dark and tranquil. And, and yeah, and then everything changed. Gone. Yeah. Well, maybe this truck was headed your direction. The driver of a 75-foot semi full of wine said he was struck on Spring Mountain Road and needed help backing up or turning around. I highlighted that, too. That's like someone's dream right there. Like a whole semi full of wine. 75 feet of wine. I'll help you. I can't even quite quantify that, but that's a lot of wine. <laughs> that's an aggressive amount. I hope it was good. Well, I mean, it was coming into town. I'm sure it was good stuff. It was on Spring Mountain Road. I mean, quite, yeah. quite a few good wines up there. So yeah. that's what's great. Absolutely. Exactly. But What's your favorite AVA to make wine from, would you say? The highest quality is Oak, Oakville. Mm -hmm. As much as people talk about, um, you know, Rutherford, of course, Howe Mountain, there's a lot of great spots within those, but the, the cumulative quality of Oakville is hard mm -hmm. to beat, man. I mean, those are all names we know. It's not... I, this is the thing that people always debate. Is it the dirt that's the best in that AVA, or is it the collective talent, winemaking talent, farming mm -hmm. talent, whatever? I think it's probably everything. Um, and then when we get to outside the area, we do a lot of stuff in the Occidental Freestone, which mm -hmm. isn't really an officially an AVA. It's mm -hmm. part of Sonoma Coast, but um, it's pretty well defined, the Pinot and Chardonnay yeah. from that area. And that's what you're using, Pinot from, from, from uh, Rivers Marine? Yeah. So it's an hour west, directly west of Calistoga, so it's an easy cool. drive. We own a piece out there called Suma Vineyard. Um, it's an old Selium. Selium William Selium used to buy fruit from out there. Nice. Just an awesome, awesome piece of dirt and just great living. Talking about a fun, funky town. Occidental is so cool. It's like everyone climbs out of the river at five o'clock on a Friday and hits all the bars. The and Union Hotel. Back in the rivers. Yeah. Right. Barley and Hops, Union mm -hmm. Hotel, Negri's. All this stuff has been there forever. So cool. So, yeah. And there's no cell service, which I really appreciate. 
It's a dead. It's yeah. totally dead out there. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome farmers market Friday afternoon. No need to smoke weed. Just wait for the contact high. <laughs> Everybody does yes. fine. So a good, really good time out there, though. You had mentioned earlier about no um, <clears throat> fractional housing that's only mm-hmm. owned by one. So I feel like every episode now they have to bring in Picasso at least. Oh once. yeah, Picasso. Is that so, in Calistoga too? I don't think uh, Calistoga is quite desirable enough to attract them yet. But, but someone report soon. of a portable toilet trailer left on Riesling Way since Friday. It was reportedly across from Picasso House. Oh, because that had to be. We had to put in that it was the disturbance of the Picasso house. It was a portable toilet. For, yeah. You know, we need fault. more public restrooms. You just leave them that room. <laughs> as long as they're getting drained. So I, someone told me about this, and I'm, I'm going to get all the facts wrong, so I hesitate to kind of even bring it up. The incident that was reported about in the Chronicle that might have made the police blotter, Ooh. where the, it was the article about St. Lena, some dude was taking a photo of a black guy on a bike. Yeah. No, I so, really remember this. But this guy was the, is the GC for the Picasso house, or... And they wrote up an article that was saying St. Lena was, like, Was racist, racist and, and yeah. yeah. It was very but weird. But it was mostly about that. They just didn't mention that, I think. So, I also want to hear about uh, Catawall, your project with uh, our friend Matt Harden. And do you want to share Matt's relation to our podcast and how we've had Alicia, his wife, yeah, and how we're trying to get him, Jimmy, yeah. on previously? So and Matt will be a guest soon. And Matt continues to avoid us even after we've. I was going to say you verbally heard that he said he would do it. So. Yes, I could have gotten him on tonight, but um, there's not enough oxygen in the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Matt and I are partners in Catawall. Um, he's a great vineyard manager here in town. Just started his own company, Harden yeah. Vineyard Management. Um, and we just kind of put this idea together on a whim and we're like, what's not being served in the Napa wine scene? And what we came up with was a $50 cab. So Matt has access to all this amazing Pope Valley fruit. His family's been out there since I think the 1840s. Mm-hmm. I've get access to all this bulk wine from within the client base of stuff that either is beyond what they need or not quite up to their, you know, $175, $150 bottle level. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of suck up both sides of that equation and, and put out what we think is kind of the best QPR in Napa, nice. uh, $50 catalog Napa. Um, and we made 5,000 cases in 19. We sold it in a month. So there's obviously demand for that. And I think the quality um, helps, of course. And so it, and it's just fun. Matt and I, it's just the two of us. Yeah. So we threw ourselves a harvest lunch last November, <laughs> even though we barely had a harvest. At the Rutherford Grill? Is that where it was? No. It's way better than that. <laughs> um, not that no, everyone loves Rutherford Grill. We, we just had to go to Torque in Napa, which is some of my favorite food in the Valley. And mm-hmm. I realized they have a great wine list. So like, I had a ton. Of, and restaurants are struggling. People are just getting open, reopened. So I'm like, Matt, let's go down there, order some wine. So we go down there, and we, ha- we have five bottles of wine, and two of them are DRCs. Oh. And so I think the two of us, it was nine grand for lunch, for our harvest lunch. <laughs> and I, I will say about the last bottle or two, we, we weren't really keeping track of the wines. <laughs> um, so we called people and had them start coming in to well, help us finish the bottles. I know a guy in a Prius who would probably take you up on it. <laughs> it was that a lot. I give you a ride home. Yes, that would, that would have been good, actually, probably. But we had a blast, and Matt and I have a lot of fun. Lunching is how we get everything done until we start forgetting what we're talking about, and then we call it. Um, but a, a blast, and again, another guy with a great tie to the history of mm-hmm. the Valley, mm-hmm. to his family. His mom's maiden name was Rutherford or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good niche, like a $50 cat. I mean, I feel like, I mean, Chris, you can probably test this too. Like, there's this whole young group of people that mm-hmm. live here and love wine, but, you know, maybe not all of us are quite at that level that we can afford these 
incredible yeah. wines that we appreciate, but having an incredible wine, I just yeah. used incredible like three times in a row, a great <laughs> wine for, you know, for $50, that's, that's, and you, know, you get all the talents of Thomas and Matt blending it I together. Mean. So you've got a lot of options each year to make it right and blend it how you want. And yeah, and we don't talk about what goes into it, especially the bulk wine. All that stuff has to remain confidential, yeah. but it's incredible what goes in there. Yeah. I mean, stuff that's barely missing the market, like 225 bucks, right. is making a $50 wine. That's awesome. So that's cool. way over delivers relative to price. And it's just fun. I mean, I'm a wine. I love, I got in this business partly because I like collecting and drinking, mm -hmm. mostly drinking. And so I want to offer a good value to someone too who's yeah. looking for the same thing. Because my parents are in South Carolina. I'll call them and talk to them about a $50 wine. And they're like, oh, someone's birthday. Someone get married. Someone's anniversary. I'm like, no, it's Tuesday, pizza. They went to know, whatever. Yes, exactly. And they're like, 50 bucks. What are you, insane? And we, I think we kind of lose sight of that occasionally yeah. here. 100%. The 50 oh, bucks we're so, talking about. Damn, what a great deal. Well, that's what, what I mean. Like, it, uh, yeah, living here definitely kind of, I mean, I love it, but it can sometimes give you a lack of perspective. Yeah. And you go to a backyard barbecue, like you said, on a weekday, and there's reporting. Screaming Eagle. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's out there. Someone's <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, you, you want to have fun, so you're not purposely doing it. You're like, there's $15,000 for the wine in this backyard. Yeah. yeah. Open and just on the it's table. For, right for it to yeah. enjoy. Yeah. It's just what we do. We're lucky to, another reason we're super lucky to be here and mm -hmm. do what we do. So what brought you here? What was your, your connection or bringing you to Napa? Um, a love of wine. I mean, I, I fell in love with it in college and um, didn't know what I was going to do with it, but got it, had an opportunity to come out here, had some friends in Oakland who went to school with me at University of Virginia and rented a room in this guy's closet for 50 bucks a month and just came to Napa and knocked on a bunch of doors, um, but had a girlfriend in college whose dad was a wine guy. And um, that's sort of what started it. And we were at this capital campaign kickoff dinner at UVA and I sat next to the woman who organized the dinner and she's like, Hey, I got this great friend in Napa, um, in St. Helena, Reg Oliver. Mm -hmm. And if you move out there, I'll hook you guys up and maybe y'all have lunch and away you go. And that's basically what it started at all. So I cool. packed up a U-Haul in Virginia, pulled out of 14 inches of snow, went straight south and drove across I-10 to Barstow and then headed up to Oakland. Yeah. What were your yeah. first thoughts when you arrived in the first morning I woke up in Oakland, and this is not a good neighborhood. <laughs> I walked outside. It was January. It was probably 70 degrees, mm -hmm. which I was not necessarily used to. And I was like, I will never leave California. I knew that the first morning I woke Even up Even from Oakland. Oakland, that's pretty good. Yeah. In a bad neighborhood. In a bad in a neighborhood. neighborhood. I was like, I will never leave California. And well, now I've spent just over half my life here. First time driving up to 29. The cool. It sounds so cheesy, man. I got quote, <laughs> I got quoted in an article saying this. I swear to God, this wasn't the exact quote, but it was so made me seem like such a homer. <laughs> but like all, it is, but it is true. All these brands you hear about and read about and taste, and all of a sudden, there they all there. You're cruising up the trailer twenty nine. Every one of those brands you've been hearing about, to use an obvious example, there's Mandavi. There's the water tower and the arch. And even drinking this wine, reading about the history, reading Mad Mr. Madavi's biography, all this stuff, and there it is. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. And it's like one after the other. So it, that, that, that was a pretty amazing, humbling experience. Nice. I agree. Yeah. So cool. I have a big cry I need to share. Let's hear it. An extension cord was stolen from Library Lane. Oh. I love what all is that. Period. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's almost as tragic as what happened on August third at midnight. An officer found a bag of garbage on the shoulder of Spring Mountain Road. Well, with the officer found it, so someone no one called that in. No, he just found it and, okay. and solved the problem at the okay. lowest level. Yeah. 
I mean, thank you. It's law-abiding citizens here. Package containing clothing was delivered to the wrong address on Allison Avenue, and now the recipients were refusing to give the package to its rightful owners unless the police were involved. Wow. Third-party third vetting. Okay. Well, this one's an actual crime, which is rare, maybe. Um, firefighters responded to Main Street for a burn victim from a solar panel explosion. Ooh, that's a big deal. I still don't know how solar panels explode. I'm yeah. just wondering that. And we're on Main Street. I'm saying, I feel like panels. we should know what this is and who this is, maybe. Yeah, well, it's like the Model Baker there. They had an explosion in the Model Baker. You guys remember this? Oh, no. a few yeah. years ago. No, this was like two months ago. Oh, because the, um, there was a fire there a few years ago because you couldn't get English muffins for like two weeks. Were you okay? Did you make it? <laughs> Barely. That was a big deal. There was an explosion at the uh, Model Bakery in the um, <laughs> the oven. In the oven. And Wait. apparently there was a, a natural gas leak and they turned it on and it exploded. And that, um, like, was everyone it was okay? Very loud. Everyone was okay. I think there were some minor injuries involved, but uh, we almost lost the Model Bakery, which would be a travesty, especially you. Yeah. <laughs> The world would, re- would inherit a ton of butter, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, a former hotel guest was camping in her car in the hotel's parking lot, even though she'd been asked to leave. Where is she supposed to go? I don't know. I mean, room rates here have doubled, basically. So I get it. One night on, one night off. Yeah. So, Well, here's another option for a room if you're looking for August 2nd, 9.15 in the morning. Report of a baby's playpen in the roadway at the corner of Brown and Allison. No baby present. That's, that's a... Um, an important thing yeah. to note. And I appreciate that there was no baby. Uh, this I will probably cut out, but that, that was a big thing in the hospital that if you ever found like a baby thing with no baby in it, you had to immediately call a, I think it was a code, not coding. Code blue or pink? Pink. pink code code pink, pink because the fear is like that baby's, that it's empty because the baby was abducted. Yeah. So you oh, instantly Jesus. had to call like a code pink and everything was shut down and Whoa. it was very... So I pre so that's worse off maybe yeah. that the baby isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Better or worse? I, I I don't know if I'm willing to say that. I mean, I feel like with all the things we're reading, stuff's getting a little heavy. So <laughs> let me let me lighten things up for you a little bit. Medical aid for a man who fell and injured his knee on Pope Street. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Eight forty-three in the morning. So probably not drunk. Probably just on um, a run. Yeah, yeah, or just a vigorous walk. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, you can injure your knee in a lot of easy ways. I've learned. Pope Street's got some rough sidewalks, so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Well, this could have been crime. Report of a suspicious man in a beat-up U-Haul Railroad Avenue. He seemed to be scoping out the firehouse. Whenever the fire department doors opened, he would peek in. Wow. Firefighters have it so easy. <laughs> oh man, just hanging out on the lazy boy. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. Well, this uh, Martha's Vineyard man from Heights is out. It's getting better and it's outstanding right now. Yeah, I mean, both of these wines bought at auction, so you never quite know what you're going to run into in mm-hmm. terms of provenance. Um, but that wine is wow. bulletproof. That's so cool. It's in really, really yeah. good shape. What, um, what do, you, do you know much about Martha's Vineyard? I'm, I know obviously of it. I just never really. It's, it's, a, I, it's, a, it's pretty substantial. How, well, Chris, how big is y'all's, y'all's family? We're uh, 53 acres planted. So. I feel like Martha's is around it's that. Um, and it's always been leased. It's Tom and Martha May okay. who were the owners. And I think Martha is still alive. Tom, I think, passed away not too long, not too long ago, a few yeah. years ago. Um, but it's always been a leased piece by um, Heights. Maybe the first vintage was 66. Because this was one of the, if not one of the first uh, single 
Vineyard Cabs in Napa. Right? Absolutely. And the 74 Heights Martha's is the legend, absolute yeah. legendary wine. Cool. I mean, there's the slightly geekier folks that know 69 Chapel as well, but those mm-hmm. two wines are probably the two, the, the two older California cabs mm-hmm. that are held in the highest esteem. Wow. So, yeah, I'm trying to think the, the whole single vineyard thing was kind of kicked off by Martha's Vineyard. I think Three Palms up yep. by uh, Calistoga. Um, for, for an estate piece, Diamond Creek. Diamond Creek. Sing, not single vineyard, but kind of single blocked mm-hmm. bottled wines for a long time. I think maybe starting in 72 with Volcanic, right. Red Rock, and Gravelly Meadow. Okay. So, I mean, all those kind of things. They were the first guys to say, okay, this is special, and it's going to be bottled by itself. Nice. But you look at Martha's, that type, that type is so small. I can't read the production. It might give you cases or magnums. Yeah, it was uh, 50,000 bottles and 1,200 magnums. Yeah, so, so it's not a precious little 200-case bottling. Yeah. Yet. That's the other cool part. So it's something that could get out there as well. Very cool. This may be an ignorant thing to say, but I just think of when you keep saying Martha's Vineyard, and I was like, hey, sources from the East right. Coast. Yeah, 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 no, no. Why yeah. are we, why are we, why is Heights getting their grapes? <laughs> no. Well, when I first, when I first moved out here, people were like, oh, I went to USC. I was like, damn, you went to the University of South Carolina? Yes, that yes. seems so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, the, no, different, the, the USC. Different USC. The USC. Got yeah, it. Like, yeah, go to USC. I was like, oh, you, you were in LA? Yeah. No. I got it. I, I got the it. opposite. Well, this is cool. Thanks for bringing it. Um, yeah. How many of the ones you make, how many do you do single vineyard on? Most of. It's yeah. either single estate or single vineyard. Cool. So um, there's certain sites that aren't good enough for that. Like, to give you an idea, like Rivers Marie's CAD program, we source from a bunch of spots. The best stuff gets single vineyard. But if it's mm-hmm. not quite there, we don't force it, and it kind of waterfalls into a Napa um, AVA bottling. Cool. I feel like that's sort of the best way to do it. Um, but then there's also the price pressure of certain sites. Like you pay forty thousand dollars a ton for fruit. Yeah, got to put the vineyard name on there. You got to. Yeah, yeah. You're not blending that. No, no, not a chance. That is. Wow. That is a house. That is. That's T-bone steaks, cooked T-bone steaks, hanging on a vine. Well, no, I would. I would see great bills for something like Schrader, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. Because so I've seen Old Sparky. Is that the? How do they differentiate the? So Old Sparky came about because we we do all these block bottlings from Next Offer Toklon, and someone kept. Saying to Fred, not hey, why don't you just blend them together? Blend so them that's together. so much better. I'm like, all right. When so we do a best barrel blend, mm-hmm. and that's what Old Sparky is: is bottled only in Magnum. Got it. And that's probably the collectible, most collectible Schrader wine. Mm-hmm. That's the one most people clamor for. Nice. It tends to be the one that reviews the best. Cool. Thank goodness, because it's, it's a great our name, idea so. of the best wine. Where'd they so, get that name from? Like a dog or something. A variety of sources. <laughs> yeah. um, could be weed related. <laughs> it could be a lot of different things. Um, it's got an awesome label, um, and it's just fun for us to actually be able to lay all the barrels out and put that that thing together. Very cool. Um, cool. But a lot, a lot of fun. And like I said, that is probably the most collectible of the Schrader wines. Interesting. Yeah. And then the Tokalon stuff as well. How do you like working at uh, Tokalon? It's probably the most famous vineyard in probably Napa. I mean, now, so it was Andy's, Bexhoffer's part of Tokalon for me forever. And then in 17, when Constellation bought Schrader, mm-hmm. I was able to work on the Madabi side of Tokalon, which is, I think, 450 acres. Man, it's big. I, you and I were looking at that, that map a second ago. It was eight, oh, and an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. The only way you can get it on there is to make it real small. I mean, I can barely read that even with glasses on. Um, so there's so many different micro terroirs and... Everything else there. I mean, Tokalon runs from 29 all the way to the hills cool. uh, west of, of Oakville. It's cool. It's going to take me 10 years to get my arms around everything going on out there. Yeah. But there's a lot of opportunity to do some fun stuff there and just see what else Tokalon can kind of provide. Yeah. 
So land of highest beauty is not means highest beauty. Yeah. And it's like this cool epicenter of like power and elegance and mm-hmm. savory and fruity and like that that line right there where Yonville meets Oakville and then leaks north a little bit. I just think that's sweet kind of spot. Part yeah, cool. nice. kind of the, the tenderloin of the valley. I think yeah, yeah, I dig it. Very cool. Well, this has been a total treat seeing all this stuff and getting to taste some old wine from. <clears throat> I know, this has been wonderful. Yeah. Do we have one last crime to I think send we should. us out? I think we'll, let's dig deeper for some real crimes. <laughs> Ooh, I'm looking. I got I got a couple things that uh, you mentioned, Matt Hart, reminded me of this one. Uh, <laughs> Everything in the police log reminds me of that. Report of, report of no, noisy neighbors woohooing on Pratt Avenue. Police subsequently conducted an unrelated traffic stop for a speeding vehicle and arrested a 32-year-old Napa man for an outstanding warrant. We know who this is. Tom Rinaldi. Tom Rinaldi called us and said he was woo-hooing and he had made the police log. So Full he, circle. He, he was woo-hooing on Pratt. He was. But I love, again, the disconnectedness of these two. These, so these two stories don't have anything to do with each other. No. Because as we know, Tom Rinaldi's not a 32-year-old Napa man. <laughs> not for a long time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But he, you know, his so woo hooing is what busted. gets exactly. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's bad karma right there. <laughs> Unintentional. Yes. Unintentional, man. But thank you for the entertainment, Tom. Yes, of course. And so then we got following a traffic stop at Silverado <laughs> Trail and Howe Mountain Road. Police arrested a 19-year-old St. Lena man on suspicion of driving under the influence of drugs and driving with an open container of alcohol. Or marijuana. Ooh. Could they not tell the difference? <laughs> I've never heard marijuana referred to as open container unless he just had the bud in a jar with the top off. Maybe Which. he had it like in a beer can. Maybe he's or, it. as we know with the way California's trending, the bud may have been soaking in the beer. There, there you go. go. Yes. There you go. Some of the nastiest beverages on the planet. Weed laced wine. Oof. I've Bad heard of idea. that, but it, you know, I don't think I'll be. Gives me a headache thinking about it. Yes. <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> so usually we would use this time to say, where can we buy your wine? But it sounds like with 40 different options, that would take us a long time. That's well, a whole um, other podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, um, man, but anything with TRB, Thomas Rivers Brown in it is definitely worth a, uh, a shot. How and, about where um, we can get the can we... your own label? So yeah. Rivers Marie now has a winery, um, and we have a taste room for the first time ever. So we have a, it's on Highway 29 as you enter Calistoga. Um, open by appointment seven days a week. We thought we were going to be five days a week, but thankfully demand was so high. We awesome. grabbed a second person and now we're awesome. open seven days a week, but open by appointment right on Highway 29, Calistoga. Um, the lineup is usually a little bit of Chard, a little Pinot and a little Cab. So it's a little something for everybody. Perfect. And that's probably the best place to go to find the wines. Beautiful. Okay. And you can get Catterwall there as well. Catterwall sure. there, Aston, which is a new Cinema Coast project that I was involved with for a long time and now yes. we own 100% of it. It's from Annapolis, just inland from Sea Ranch. So usually you see a little Catterwall there, a little um, Aston and a lot of Rivers Marine. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Beautiful. There we go. Do you want to give a shout out of where you can find us? Um, at 911 Podcast at Instagram. Spelt out, not Nine the numbers. One wine, spell it out. And um, yeah, let us know if you want to be on the podcast. We've got a long list right now. so We do. I'm very thankful, but we do have a lot of people reaching out. So if you reach out, it takes us some time to DM you back. <laughs> it's nothing personal. It's just we still have those pesky day jobs that know, don't let us full time podcast. Yet, one day. So. One day. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, cheers. Congratulations cheers. on your continued thank success. You. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.
Hillary, did you have fun on this episode? I always have fun with every episode that we do. Episode number 23, we made it. It's the Michael Jordan episode. Wow, I'm sure he'd be proud. I think he's going to reach out to come on as a guest any day now. I'm sure. We'll, we'll reach out to his people. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoyed Thomas. We had a blast um, talking to him and hearing about his wine. And if you haven't tried anything made by Thomas, you uh, should immediately figure out how to find some and, uh, and try it because it's really amazing wine. Mm-hmm. All right. And stay tuned for next month for another fabulous episode. And hope you get your free drink or free beer at Legit Provisions. See ya. Enjoy your evening and be safe.